Uh, this morning is going to be kind of a pause and reflect morning. Occasionally, when it's Communion Sunday, I like to preach on what we're doing just to help us kind of focus on this experience we're going to have, this remembrance we're going to partake of in just a little bit. So today I really want to hone in on a specific aspect of the table. I think that when we start to think about the cup and the bread, sometimes we, we can lose sight of, of what Jesus was accomplishing. We can lose context of what was happening. And it helps us to pause and reflect and just stop and think about this moment in the ministry of Christ. And so I want to start in a place and you're going to say, Pastor, this doesn't involve communion. I'm going to get there. John chapter 6, we're going to be in John chapter 6 for a while today. Um, is there's one of these moments in Jesus' ministry in particular that I'm compelled by. You know, as a pastor, we like when to talk about growth. We don't like to talk about subtraction. And this is like a subtraction moment in Jesus' ministry. It's not one of the moments we're going to write an article about, but it made it in the book. So John chapter 6 says, on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to him, to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they're full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are for some of you who do not believe. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. So he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to the Father unless, no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time on, many of his disciples turned their backs and no longer followed him. Talk about a moment that we really want to hone in on. Talk about a moment that we really want to talk about. Jesus starts on this. It says, on hearing it. So we're going to talk about the it in just a moment. There was apparently a teaching that Jesus brought forth that was so challenging for the disciples. It was so hard for them to hear that they wrestled to the point of betrayal of Jesus Christ. My heading in my Bible says the disciples betray Jesus Christ. I mean, what could Jesus have been teaching about that was so hard? And we read parts in Scripture where it says, Jesus tells moms that their daughters are going to leave them and fathers that their sons will, will leave them. I mean, is that what he's talking about? He talks about in Scripture times where he promises that, that we will suffer, that we'll face trials and tribulations for the cross. What? What is the it? It was so hard for his disciples. We're going to read the it, if you just look back just a little bit in the book of John. This is the controversial teaching. Very truly, I tell you, this is Jesus, it's in red, it's in purple up there, but it's in red in your Bible probably. The one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I gave for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to him, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life. Look at verse 54. Whoever eats my flesh 
and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is real food, my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because the Father, so the one who feeds on me, will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. I'm certain the disciples are wrestling with the idea that all of a sudden Jesus is presenting to them that in order to live, they must do what? Yeah, I guess that's pretty tough teaching. I can get the wrestling. Like all of a sudden, what they're hearing, what their ears are telling them, Jesus Christ is saying, is that at some point they're going to have to take a bite out of his arm and they're going to have to drink his blood in order for them to live eternally. And we're not cannibals and we don't want anything to do with this, right? I mean, that's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm hearing. The wrestling becomes. And it's so hard for them that they say, okay, I don't know why we've been following this dude from the mountain to Capernaum to here, so let's just go on our way. Let's Maybe no one saw us here. Maybe no one knows where these people are crazy. They're kooky. Let's get out of here. Like, that's kind of the context of what's going. But when you look at the whole of John chapter 6, there's a theme that starts in the beginning and it continues to the end of this chapter. And it's the idea of bread. Anyone know, I kind of mentioned it, where John chapter 6 starts? Well, in John chapter 6, in the beginning of the chapter, there's this, Jesus is on the mountain and he's teaching and he sees all these crowds of people coming. And he poses a question, and it's a rhetorical question because he says he already knew the answer. Jesus looked up, he saw a great crowd coming toward him, and he, and he quizzed Philip. Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already knew, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. John chapter 6 begins with this incredible moment of 5,000 on the mountain, and Jesus has got to feed them. It's the loaves and the fish, this moment that happens. And we're starting with this question from Jesus Christ. I think it's a physical question right now, and it becomes a spiritual question later. I think he's literally asking, where are we going to find bread for all these people to eat? I think that's the, the point he's making. Would they need to eat food, or they're going to be hungry, and they're going to be mad. So we've got to come up with some food for these people to eat. So where are we going to find this? And he does a miracle, Right? He multiplies them, the the, the bread and the fish, and they all eat, it says in Scripture, until they're full. We're going to follow John chapter 6. So that night, they're all full. The disciples get in the boat, and they go across the lake to Capernaum. Jesus isn't with them when they leave. The crowd recognizes that Jesus isn't with them. In the middle of the night, he walks to the boat. He joins the disciples on the boat. They're in Capernaum on the other side of the lake, and the followers, they're looking for Jesus. And they're trying to find him, and they they come find Jesus and the disciples on the other side of the lake. And they begin to to ask questions like, wait a minute, we saw the disciples leave, but you didn't leave, Jesus, what's going on? And Jesus says to them in John chapter 6, he answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. 
John chapter 6 is cool because Jesus is beginning to show them the revelation of who he is. He's beginning to show them that, yeah, you're thinking physically. You're thinking about physical bread. You're following me because you ate that bread and you were full. But I want to tell you there's something else. I want to tell you there's something more. There's a spiritual bread that is yours. There's a spiritual bread that is coming to you. And he continues to teach. In John 6, 32, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said, Always give us this bread. And Jesus declared, I, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Before Jesus talked about eating his flesh and eating of the bread in which he is, he told them the promise that I am the bread of life. It's me. Your ancestors... You talk about what happened with your ancestors. They ate manna in the wilderness. What was the manna in the wilderness? It was God's provision when they came out of Exodus. I'll get to that. But Jesus is showing his disciples. Remember what happened earlier after there was this this well meeting? The disciples urged Jesus to eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. This is in John chapter 4. And the disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. See, when Jesus talks about food, he's not talking about the natural. He's talking about the supernatural. He's not talking about the physical. He's talking about the spiritual. When he says, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. He's not talking about his literal flesh, and he's not talking about his literal blood. He's talking about spiritual breath, and spiritual bread, and spiritual wine that you get through him. He equates himself, like I said, back to Exodus. That's going to be monumental for, for what's coming, right? It's going to be monumental for the people he's talking to. It's the Jews that said he was talking to. They recognized living bread. And when you say living bread, it was what Moses got in the wilderness. When the people came out, they were in bondage in Egypt. They came out into the wilderness and they said they were, they were hungry, right? And so what did God do? He sent manna and quail. And every day they did what? They went and gathered it. And every day it was there except for the seventh day, because they had to have a little extra for that day. But it was faithful. How long was the manna? How long did the manna appear in the wilderness? Do you know this? For 40 years. Do you know when the manna stopped appearing? When they ate the fruit in Canaan. When the disciples got to the promised land, they were finally got to go in there, they ate of the fruit in Canaan. And Scripture says that's when manna no longer appeared. It was a sign of the provision of God. It was something incredible that they actually stored some up and put in the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, they put that in there to remember what God did for his people in the wilderness. It was the living bread. It was the bread that caused them to have life. Without it, they would have died and starved in the wilderness. But because of it, God supernaturally provided for them. 
Moses is reminding his people before they go into the promised land. I want you to see how he describes this. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you what? To teach you that man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. That's got to be weird to the disciples. I mean, to the Israelites. What do you mean? It's what sustained us in the wilderness. Like, Moses, you're talking about this? Like, that's, that doesn't make sense. It was a physical thing we gathered every day. God provided for us. We went and got it. It tasted like honey. It was good. We ate, we ate it. It got us through that wilderness. And Moses is saying, no, he brought you here. He gave you that bread to teach you that man does not live on bread alone. But every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now remember, when Jesus is in the wilderness and the enemy tempts him, he quotes this very scripture. He's been fasting and he says to Jesus, hey, why don't you turn these stones to bread? And Jesus says, what? Man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. I love the sovereignty of God. I love the way God works in his word. I love the fulfillment of God that we see through his word. Because Moses, when he spoke that, man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to read John 1.1 with that in mind. In the beginning was the, was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. In verse 14, it says, that Word became... What? Man doesn't live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word became flesh. He made a dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. John 1, 1. John chapter 1 is talking about who? Jesus Christ. How cool is it that what Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it's brought to fulfillment in John chapter 1. The word was made flesh. He made his dwelling among us. It's the very word of God. Jesus says, Unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. He's the fulfillment. He is the bread of life. He's not talking to his disciples about cannibalism or something crazy. He's talking to his fathers about partaking in the spiritual bread that is his, his very life. It was... It was, it was uh, alluded to, it was prophesied about, it was spoken to in the old, it's fulfilled in the new. I want to go back even further. Why? Because it's been a while. It's been a couple weeks since I preached, and so I was going through the whole word. Man, I'm going backwards. I don't need to preach this all over again. I hope. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. I want you to think about the word that was made flesh. I want you to think about Jesus Christ's words that said, unless you eat of my flesh, you will not have eternal life. In Genesis chapter 2, we have 
the culmination of God's creation. That word where God said it was very good, right? It's this place, it's Eden. And it says in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One of those trees Adam and Eve were allowed to eat from, do you know which one that was? One of them they were not. That was the knowledge of good and evil. They chose to eat of the second one, and because of their sin, what happened? There was tremendous punishment that came from God, right? They were kicked out of the garden. They were told they could never be there. Adam was going to have to work hard. Uh, Eve was going to hurt and labor. All these things were happening, right? But God also said, and the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground for which he'd been taken. The punishment for the sin, the punishment for sin in the garden was to be uh, banished from eating of the fruit of the tree of life. Jesus Christ in, in the Gospels, in John, what he's accomplishing for us is he's saying that was not, that, that was not allowed. But now you are allowed through me. I, he says, I'm the bread of life. I think he could have said, I am the tree of life. That when you partake of me, when you allow my word to come in you, when you allow the word of God, that is the word that says, I was once a sinner and I needed the redemption of God. I need the forgiveness of God. That forgiveness comes through Jesus Christ in his body that was broken, his blood that was shed. The reality that there had to be a penalty or a payment for my sin made. And when I said, I believe that word, and that word became in me, it comes in me. I partake of the word, the teaching of Christ. It comes in me, and guess what it is? It's the fruit of the tree of life. That when I partake of that, I am eternal. That when I partake of that, I have the assurance of my eternity guaranteed to me. Jesus, he wasn't trying to cause a problem. He was just trying to teach his followers, hey, you know that manna that gave life, that manna that, that, that Moses talked about that would provide for you, that was, that was not just physical, but it was spiritual. It was the word of God, every word that comes from the mouth of God. It is me. I am before you. Receive me. Partake of me. Partake of who I am. And when you do, you have eternal life. But if you don't eat of my flesh, you can talk about the flesh of a fruit, or you can talk about a loaf of bread. You cannot have eternal life. You know what I love about Jesus? He doubles down. Right? This isn't the only time he talks about this. We're going to look at some words. This is getting us to where we're at today. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he given thanks, this is like this ultimate moment, penultimate moment in, in Jesus' ministry. It's the last time he's got his disciples before him. I'm telling you, there's not many points in Scripture where you see everybody leaves Jesus and they betray him. So what's he go back and revisit? He doesn't go back and revisit the feeding of the 5,000. He goes back to that moment where everybody left him, where they betrayed him. 
He's got his disciples before him and, and they're eating and they're eating the what? The Passover meal. And he takes the bread. When he given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat this. It's my body. He took a cup and when he given thanks, he gave it to him. Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood, my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. I love this. Jesus is at the Passover meal. He takes bread and he grabs a, a piece of bread. And I was reading about the Passover meal. And in, in, in the contemporary Passover meal, or the Seder meal, there's three pieces of bread that they take. It's matzah bread. It's, it's unleavened bread. And there's three pieces and, and they pull out the one in the middle. And do you know what that's a reminder of? It's a reminder of the wilderness. It's a reminder of the manna. So when they come to that point in the meal, Jesus is, is reminding them of the power of God. But it's not just a reminder of the good things. It's a reminder of the suffering that was. It's a reminder of, of all that they've endured. It's a reminder of, of the trials that they went through. The 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. It was disobedience that caused them to be there. It was a lack of faith that caused them to be there. But God sustained them through it all. And Scripture says that Jesus took that bread and he broke it. You know what I love about the, the modern Seder meal? They look at these pieces of bread and they say one's bigger. You know what they do with the one that's bigger? They find a cloth. And they wrap it up. And then they hide it. called the afikomen. And, and after the meal, it's like Easter, like, you know, we hunt Easter eggs. They would look for the piece of bread. All the kids would. Because that piece was representative of the promise. That piece was representative of bread that was coming later. That piece was representative of the bread that would come, that would restore his people. The Jews, when they search for that bread, they're searching for the Messiah. And the kid who finds it gets a prize. They probably dance and scream and shout, whatever else. But Jesus took that, that other half and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. Each one of them, bread that was synonymous with suffering, but bread that was filled with promise. Bread that showed the character, revealed the nature, revealed the word of God. And he said to each and every one of them, I want you to take this bread and I want you to eat it. Because through me, through the bread of life that is in your hands, I will fulfill. I will guarantee eternal life. Pause from preaching moment. I ordered some matzah bread online and it showed up broken. So I had to make some myself. This morning for communion, uh, we're going to do a little different. I'm just going to have you come up. But if you want to try, there's some that looks all broken. There's some that's not broken yet. You can choose whichever one you want to eat. He's the bread of life. It's not about which tray you choose from. It's about who he is. It's about the reality that when I partake of this, this bread in itself isn't some magical bread. It's not like the, what's the bread in Lord of the Rings that they eat that, that, you know what I mean? Like it's special bread. No, it's nothing like that. 
But it's Jesus Christ. When I partake of this bread, I'm thinking of the reality that I'm partaking of the very word of God who made flesh, who was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. I'm thinking about that just as I need physical bread to live, I need spiritual bread to know my eternity. That when I eat of this bread, I'm not just eating something because that's what we do in church. I'm partaking of my promise for eternal life. But the suffering, the challenges, they pale in comparison to the bread of life that is mine today. And he says, do this in remembrance. I need to be reminded of the assurance of eternal life that I have through the bread. The body that was broken so that I might have fruit to eat. You guys can come forward. I won't put the piece that I've touched all over and sweated all over back down there. Don't worry about that. This morning as we come to his table, I want to be reminded of the bread of life. I wanted to be reminded of of a teaching that may have been challenging, but it's a teaching that's imperative. I want to be reminded of, of bread in the wilderness that sustained people in the midst of one of their most challenging seasons. I want to be reminded of a bread in the garden that was given when God created all that was, and it was very good. I want to be reminded of what I have a hope for in Jesus Christ. I want to be reminded that his body was broken so that I might have life. It's a declaration of my salvation. It's a declaration of who I am in him. It's the bread of life. And today, I have a chance to partake. Today, I have a chance to participate in in, in experiencing the promise of His fruit. Revelation chapter 2, to the church in Ephesus, to Him who overcomes, I give the privilege of the tree of life. To you this morning... To him or her who overcomes, we have the privilege of the tree of life, the bread of life before us. But it's your choice to eat. It's your choice to participate. It's your choice to receive. Father, this morning in this place, as we come to your table, God, as we looked at your word and seeing what you had to say, that that teaching of Christ that that may have been challenging, but that teaching of Christ that is so important. God, I pray that each of us is reminded of the bread of life. The provision of God. Your faithfulness in our wilderness. That every day there is enough. No matter how lost we feel, 
No matter if we wonder if we're ever going to make it to our promised land, you are faithful today to sustain us tomorrow. Because of the Word who was made flesh and made His dwelling among us. This morning in this place, God, I pray that we partake of the bread of life. that Jesus Christ brings to each and every one of us if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, if we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, the Scripture says we will be saved. We have the promise of eternal life. It's His will that no one in this room would perish, but that every one of us would have eternal life, that eternal life comes through the bread of life that is Jesus Christ. And today, we partake. Today, we receive. Today, we remind. Today, we remember. It says in Scripture, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed. He took bread, and when he given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This morning, it's an open table. Communion, they're going to sing. When you want to come, receive, you can come get a, a, a piece of bread, you can come get a cup, and you can partake in communion, partake of the promises that are yours through Jesus Christ.